0: accountability. Uh Uh-oh, we got more of it after Biden spoke today about the spending bill. And well, (laughs) make sure you hang on for our Light in the Mood segment. All that's coming up and I'm Right. You know what's funny? We always talk about trying to keep the big deal the big deal, right? But there's so much that seems like a big deal i mean right now if you're somebody who's on the right and i'm assuming if you're sitting here watching me speak you're somebody who's on the right i understand we have some leftist hate watchers but if you're someone who's on the right what doesn't seem like a big deal that's all a big deal right okay the border's overwhelmed um we just had an international embarrassment in afghanistan it's just, there's one disaster after another. Our military's going into the tubes. Oh, it's all a big deal. Okay? But what's wild is we lose sight of it, and I'm, I'm guilty of this too. We lose sight of the debt and dollars because it's boring. And because in our lifetime, unless you're old enough to have lived through the Depression, which I realize that's one or two, but We've never really experienced a real financial crisis of any kind. Oh, I know about the Great Recessions and stuff like that and the housing prices and whatnot. Believe me, I lost my shirt during that. I get, I get that. It's not like we've never experienced any financial blips, bumps. Is that a, a good way to put that? But, I mean, real disaster. Real disaster. You ever see those pictures of the Weimar Republic? That's Germany after World War I. After World War I, the world put all these stupid, crippling reparations payments on Germany. And they took away a bunch of Germany's economy, areas where they had their economy. And so they were just bankrupt. So they just started, stop me if you've heard this before, printing money. They just started printing money. Good thing we wouldn't do anything like that here. But they just started printing money. And now, you can go do a little internet search while you watch. You'll see people walking around with wheelbarrows full of money to go buy a loaf of bread. The money was so worthless, they just started chucking it in fires. People were starving to death in the middle of the streets. You see, because we've never experienced real crisis like that, we don't even know what it's like. We're so blessed up to this point to be Americans. We don't know what that's like. I, I heard this story one time, and it is, it's is—it's in a book. I forget which book, so I'm not going to be able to give them credit. So now I'm just going to plagiarize because I didn't do any preparation for this whole thing. But there's a story this one time about a lady i think i've told this before on the show old woman she was defecting from the soviet union when they were in their communist days and she got here to the united states of america they go pick her up airport she gets processed through she's finally legally allowed to be here first place they take her down grocery store let's go down let's get some groceries Let's see whatever she wants to eat we got to stock up anyway Grandma's staying with us they walk into the grocery store and walk in and they're, they're heading down the produce aisle right and they look around and she's not there anymore. And they turn around and she's standing in the entryway of the grocery store weeping. Weeping. Okay, they, they gotta know what's going on. What's going on here? So they go see Grandma, what, what in the world? She was so overwhelmed by the sight of a grocery store where there was food. The shelves were stocked with food. She could get Whatever food she wanted. She was so overwhelmed, she broke down in tears. You don't have any idea what that's like. I don't have any idea what that's like. We don't understand that it's the economy, it's the debt. These things, in the end, they're all that matters. And we are heading for disaster the problem is people have warned about that for years. Disaster's coming. The debt's going to kill us. Disaster's coming. So now everyone's numb to it. Well, you're starting to get just a brief glimpse of it now. All those cargo ships parked off the shore. Notice those prices going up a lot, gas, groceries. You're starting to see the early stages of what's coming and it's going to be really, really bad and not like anything we've experienced. But Let's be honest, this isn't all on Joe Biden. I'm going to get into Joe Biden's speech today, don't get me wrong. I'm going to play you a couple of clips about that. But this isn't all on Joe Biden. I mean, Joe Biden got up today and said this, and God forgive me, but
1: he's not wrong. The reason we have to raise the debt limit is in part because of the reckless tax and spending policies under the previous Trump administration. In four years... They incurred, they incurred nearly $8 trillion. In four years, $8 trillion in additional debt. Republicans in Congress raised the debt three times when Donald Trump was president, and each time with Democrat support. But now they won't raise it, even though they're responsible for more than $8 trillion in bills incurred in four years under the previous administration.
0: Stop me when you hear the lie. And uh, I know that's not what we like to do, right? It's fun every day to wake up and say it's all their fault. There weren't many of us on the right during the last four years, during Trump's four years. There weren't many of us stepping up and saying, why is Congress passing these huge swampy spending bills? And why is Donald Trump signing them every time? And there wasn't one or two, there were tons of them, trillion dollars here, trillion dollars there, sailing through the Republican House, sailing through the Republican Senate, or once the Democrats got control, all kinds of Republican support for this huge bill and that huge bill. And every time they got to the desk of the president, and every time he signed off on it, spending more money than Barack Obama did. And some of us during that time were stepping up saying, What are you doing? Are you out of your mind? The debt is going crazy. That's one. Two, we're not going to have a leg to stand on when a Democrat gets in there and we start complaining about the spending. And yet, here we are. Here we are. Nobody wants to do the hard things. It's part of the reason we're in such a pickle right now in this country. Everyone wants to do the popular things because that feels good, right? Who doesn't love cheering crowds? Nobody wants to step up and say, yeah, we're cutting that program. That program's cut. Ah, this government department's going away entirely. That grant money's gone. Foreign aid, see ya. Nobody wants to do that. These congressmen and senators, here's the truth of it. They love to sit around a big table with a big pile of your money sitting in the middle of it, and they just love to hand it out. And that's not the worst part. You know what the worst part is? We, as an American people, we love to get it. I know, I know I'm know. i not supposed to say that. And maybe that's not you personally. I saw it running for office. I've seen it with the friends I have inside D.C. People love spending. They love it. They ask for it. Government wouldn't spend this much if people actually cared. Now, here's the thing people do, though. This is what they do to justify it. Maybe you're doing this in their mind. No, I stopped spending. Quit spending that much money. You're going to bankrupt us. Okay, well, let's cut uh, this federal program that benefited your area. Whoa! Don't come for my stuff. It's where we are. But look, let's go back to Joe Biden, the most tyrannical, secretive, divisive president of my lifetime by a mile. Here he is,
1: pointing fingers. Raising the debt limit is about paying off our old debts. There's nothing to do with any new spending being considered. There's nothing to do with my plan for infrastructure or building back better. Zero. Zero. Well, that's a lie. But still,
0: he's going on and on and on about it. Pointing fingers, blaming Republicans, telling them to get out of the way. I'll be interested to see where these bills go. But remember this. Remember, all the stuff we argue about and yell about, me too, I'm guilty of it too, none of it matters with that debt freight train a-coming. And nobody is going to realize that until the train gets here, and then it's going to hurt bad. Now, let's talk about something else. Because this is all the rage today. This is all over the news. Democrat Senator Sinema from Arizona, she is one of the two Democrats, her and Manchin, holding up joe biden's massive three and a half trillion dollar disaster of a bill and it would be a disaster she's one of the ones holding it up well some illegal immigrant left-wing communist activist decided to track cinema down she apparently teaches at asu tracked her down and followed her into the bathroom and people are mad about it we need a build back better plan right now
2: we, we knocked on As doors. Members, we need solutions to the build that better plan. need has the solutions that we need. We knocked on doors for you to get you elected, and just how we got you elected, we can get you out of office if you don't support what you promised us.
1: We need seven million citizenship for seven million. We need the build that better plan right now. I'm a survivor. I'm
3: a survivor of human trafficking. And it's because of the lack of worker protections that we don't have in the gig economy. I need you, the by worker, lots of people who are alive and became to become homeless. And- Build, back the bill. Build, back the bill. Build back better, pass the bill! Build back better, pass the bill! Build back better, pass
2: the bill! Build back better, pass the bill!
0: Okay. People were mad about that. Maybe you're steaming right now. Let's Let me play a couple more things and I'll give you my thoughts on it. Joe Manchin, senator from West Virginia, he actually lives, this is really cool, by the way, on a houseboat in D.C. D.C. is super expensive to live, and these senators actually don't make that much money, so he lives on a houseboat. They sent the kayakers in for poor Joe. Senator, this is an investment.
3: This is not giving out money, this is not spending, this is investing, and this is building the state that we both love. That's why we're both here fighting for our people, because we love West Virginia, and we believe in our state. We need you to stand with us.
0: harassing a senator in the bathroom sitting in your stupid kayaks outside of his houseboats pretty ugly stuff but look i think joe biden actually summed up my thoughts on this better than i could here's joe when he was asked about it today mr president uh you're talking about how you have 48 democratic votes right now the other two uh have been pressured over the weekend by activists. Joe Manchin had people on kayaks show up to his boat. T.L. him. Senator Sinema last night, was chased into a restroom. Do you think that those tactics are crossing a line?
1: I don't think they're appropriate tactics, but it happens to everybody. From The, <laughs> the only people it doesn't happen to are people who have Secret Service standing around them. Um, so uh, it's, it's, it's part of the process.
0: Part of the process. I know I'm supposed to be mad about following in the bathroom and the kayaks i've seen all a wide range of opinions on it today let me give you my opinion on it democrats the democratic party has used the various radical oftentimes violent communist street groups for years to enforce their will on others to intimidate others you heard the illegal immigrants standing there in the bathroom with cinema we knocked on doors for you and they did Black Lives Matter, Antifa, the illegals, the climate change nutters, the LGBTQ wackadoodles, the feminists, they all have their own various street groups who are more than happy to harass their enemies, the enemies of the Democratic Party. The media either ignores this reality or (laughs) cheers it on when it happens. And there's another thing. This is but a little taste of what the future of the country will look like. Now, there's no stopping it. There's absolutely no stopping it. As we continue to go like this as a nation, this radical, nasty polarization and politicians having to hide in a bathroom stall is the future of our country. I don't care. I can't possibly bring myself to care. Welcome to your world, Democrats. Oh, I'm sorry, Dr. Frankenstein. Do you, not, do you not like that monster? We tried to warn you, this is the future now. Sit back and enjoy it. You don't believe me this is the future? Here is 31-year-old Congresswoman AOC who will be in leadership very, very, very shortly.
2: When a bill passes that is underfunded, that only gives a crumb, you get that crime, because when you only give some and not all, then some people get nothing. Some people get nothing. Who gets nothing? We get nothing. So, you know, standing up there in that capital, and I was like, I don't know if y'all know yet by now, but I'm from the Bronx. when you tell me isn't something better than nothing what i hear what you're actually telling me isn't something for you better Yep. isn't something for you better and why don't you accept nothing so that i can get something yeah. Yeah. that's that's what that's what is actually being said
0: welcome to the future democrats enjoy it hey hey you wanted to do that politics of grievance. You deserve this, you deserve that. He's got something you need. Enjoy your monster, Dr. Frankenstein. All that may have made you uncomfortable, but I'm right. We got Emily Jashinsky coming up to talk about all this spending next. But first, you understand that your home title, if you own a home, your home title is online. And the cybercrime sweeping the nation is not credit card theft. It is home title theft. These cyber thieves have discovered this crime is not only fairly easy, it is lucrative. They hack in your home title. They forge your signature on it. It'll look real. They go to a lending institution, get a loan or several out against your home. They take off with the money. You're stuck with notices in the mail saying you're about to be evicted, and they will evict you. You might already be a victim of it, and you wouldn't even know it. Go to HometitleLock.com right now and find out. Put in your address while you're there. Sign up and protect yourself. HometitleLock.com. It's the only protection you have against this. We'll be right back with Emily next. Joining me now, the culture editor for the great Federalist, Emily Jashinsky. Emily, before we get into bashing on Bernie and Biden and talking about the debt, I think we're going to have to do something that's very rare on my show. I already did it once this show, and I'm going to have to agree with Joe Biden,
1: but I'm going to play a little video for you here. The reason we have to raise the debt limit is in part because of the reckless tax and spending policies under the previous Trump administration. In four years, they incurred, they'd incurred nearly $8 trillion. In four years, $8 trillion in additional debt. Republicans in Congress raised the debt three times when Donald Trump was president, and each time with Democrat support. But now they won't raise it, even though they're responsible for more than $8 trillion in bills incurred in four years under the previous administration. Emily, where's he wrong?
3: He's not wrong at all. He's completely right and it's one of the biggest gripes that legitimate conservatives should have with the Republican Party, not just going back 5 years, but going back 10, 15 years and it's a big reason why they've lost a lot of credibility to speak out against this stuff right now.
0: Emily, is there any is there any real desire from the voters to cut spending because everyone says that, right? We Cut spending here and we should cut this there and cut this but the second you point out to a cut that might be close to their home or close to something they benefit from, whoa, that's ridiculous. I don't think anyone wants to cut spending. I think that's why it never gets cut.
3: No, I think you're right. I'm totally with you. And I actually think conservatives tend to have too rosy of a tinted lens when it comes to this. They say, well, the American people, they just they don't want all this big government. And it's true that a slice of the American people is sort of rationally concerned with our spending and our inability to sort of have our fiscal house in order as a country. But when you get down to it, actually, what people want is often more spending. And they've been conditioned over the course of a half century now to accept entitlements as the sort of state of nature in the United States and that's becoming a huge problem and so it doesn't behoove Republicans or conservatives to think there is a silent majority out there that just hates all of the spending because in fact you know we've been conditioned as a people for half a century now actually to expect these entitlements.
0: When does it stop, Emily? I mean, where does it stop? Are we going to be walking around with wheelbarrows full of money like the Weimar Republic? Where does this thing end? Because I don't see anybody even running for office pretending to cut spending.
3: Well, yeah, and what are Republicans talking about right now as the, you have the, um, the, the massive, tr- the multi-trillion dollar spending bills, they can't really talk about it in the way that they should be able to, Jesse, is the point you just raised is that they've never been good on this issue of spending. They talk such a big game about it. But in fact, what's happening is that now if these multi-trillion dollar vehicles like this reconciliation bill for soft infrastructure or human infrastructure as the Democrats have branded it, the huge problem with this is that it's also packed with all these culture war priorities for the Democrats. This is not even just inflating the federal government. This is actually using the inflation of the federal government as a vehicle for the culture war. And so not only are Republicans incapable of actually talking um, with credibility about spending because they've, you know, in the past loved spending so much when it benefited them, it's also then this issue about um, this the spending being used as a vehicle for radical cultural change.
0: What kind of cultural change are you talking about here? Because a lot of people don't know about this. They hear the $3.5 trillion and they're a little worried. They're worried about some Green New Deal stuff. Yeah, I know you broke this down a little bit in your article on the Federalist. What is this stuff?
3: Yeah, it's it's really really bad, and that's again Republicans talk in abstract terms about spending. It's it's like this like tick that they have. All they can talk about is limited government and spending, et cetera, et cetera. But uh, the Washington Free Beacon actually just reported that illegal immigrants will actually now be eligible for the child tax credit, the so-called child tax credit that is trying. Their Democrats are trying to pass this reconciliation bill that amounts. The better way to talk about this child tax credit is universal basic income for parents because all parents are. Eligible for it. And according to the Free Beacons report, illegal immigrant parents are eligible for it. You can go down the line, but there's some of these things. There's a civilian climate corps um, that's along the lines of like a legitimate New Deal program, but to deal with um, climate issues, basically put men to work around the country to stop climate change. Um, there's crazy stuff in this bill. It's like it's very full of insane things. Oh. Um, but the, the oh. child tax credit is, I think, the most vast and sweeping because it will immediately affect every single parent in this country and condition them to accept monthly aid from the federal government.
0: That's exactly what we need. A bunch of parents in the country getting a government check every month. That'll be outstanding. Uh, I'm going to play you this exchange between between Loomis and Janet Yellen. And I've got to be honest, Emily, this is probably the one that perked my ears up the most.
3: $600 threshold is not usually where you're going to find the massive amount of tax revenue you think Americans are cheating you out of. That's correct, but it's important to have comprehensive information so that individuals can't game the system and have multiple accounts.
0: Emily, um, reporting every transaction over $600, what possible use would government have for that information?
3: Well, and again, to your point, Jesse, this is how it starts. And Yellen responded to Lemmis and basically said our use for this information is that we already have this like vast trove of information. I think she said they have a wealth of information on individual taxpayers. And so they're like, Well, we already have it. We just need more. We just need to have a closer look at it. We need to have all of these granular details because we're watching you anyway. And that's how when you pass this multi-trillion dollar legislation through reconciliation, by the way, when you do these things, there are going to be these. Little things that are buried in the legislation, something like this, that the attention it's gotten so far is basically from Senator Lummis. You've had, you know, an op ed here or there, but basically nobody's freaking out about something that is so major like that when you have the surveillance state of big tech expanding at the exact same time that the government is trying to expand its surveillance state to define things like domestic terrorists by definition inflation that would include their political enemies. So when you combine those two things happening right now it should scare pants off people
0: it should it doesn't now i know it scares you i know it scares me it doesn't scare people are people so worn down with the pandemic and everything else that they're kind of on emotional empty with politics because i swear that's what i'm seeing a lot of right now i'm even seeing it on the right people are just kind of washing their hands of it and giving up
3: I think it's two things. I think on the, I, I think there are some people that over the course of the pandemic have actually decided that what they want is more government because we do live in a scary world right now and we have people who are, uh, I think, being conditioned more and more to sort of have a mental weakness. And when you combine that with government stepping into our lives more and more over the, over the course of the pandemic, some people now really want the government to kind of hold their hand. They kind of want the life of Julia handholding. That sounds really good to them. And I think what, again, a lot of conservatives don't, realize that that number probably expanded a lot during the pandemic, even if at the same time, the number of people who said this government overreach is ridiculous expanded. I think we're basically almost in two poles right now. People who now want more government handholding, more government assistance and more government control. They don't want to have to make these decisions for themselves. And then you have another half of people who are saying this has gone way too far. This is ridiculous. And the pandemic was their wake up call. So I, I, I think conservatives would be wise not to underestimate the amount of people that actually really do want the government um, in their lives more and more.
2: Yeah.
0: Sadly, I think you're right. Emily, thank you so much. That was outstanding. Thanks, Jesse. She's not wrong. She's not wrong. All right. Hey, we all might need a little extra cheddar cheese in the future here. Have you ever thought about flipping houses? You watch those TV shows, flipping this and flipping that, and it looks cool, right? I mean, you're buying a house, doing some things on it, and then you turn around and sell it. Make a pile of money sometimes. But where do you begin? Where do you even begin, especially if you've never done it before? One of the cooler concepts I've heard in a long time is flippingmadeeasy.com because it is a one-stop shop. I love when someone makes it easy for me. It's a one-stop shop for you to start flipping houses. You want to know what are the flipping opportunities in my area? They have it at FlippingMadeEasy.com. You want several, I mean, unlimited articles from experts about how to do this, what to watch out for, don't do this, do do this, all on FlippingMadeEasy.com. If you need a vendor, and you will need vendors at some point, I don't know how to do the electrical, Jesse, I can't drywall. Fine. They've got them right there. FlippingMadeEasy.com. They've they have they've put everything you need in one website. Go sign up today. Go to FlippingMadeEasy.com and sign up today and use the promo code JESSE when you do that. Get a platinum membership with the promo code JESSE and you'll get a little extra something special. FlippingMadeEasy.com All right. We'll be back. I like small businesses. Now, full disclosure, I may be a bit biased on this. I'm not anti-big business, it should point out. I'm fine with those two, but my folks started a construction company. About the time I got out of high school and joined the Marines, they started a little construction company. I ended up doing real, real well for themselves. They're retired now, well off, happy. Th- th- just, so I, I watched what it took to build a small business. I watched them grind. I watched them take out loans. You're not sure if you're going to be able I, I watched the whole thing. And it was awesome. Just watching a couple grind for it. And so i know what small businesses go through and part of the reason i've been so anti-lockdown mandate six feet away is because i knew from the very beginning day one you a lot of you will remember day one i came on here and said businesses can't do this they won't be able to withstand this insanity you're lining up all these businesses against the wall and you're shooting them new york city has their vaccine passport Let's check in and see how it's working out. Restaurant owners say their business, say their losses in business have been massive and some have lost between 40 and 60% of their business. Some said they are asking their landlords for breaks in rent while others worry what will happen when the winter with winter coming and potential changes to their rules. You see there are some people out there, myself included now. like I work in TV and radio. I have a radio show, Jesse Kelly's show, and I have this. I talk to you every single night. If there's a new mask mandate, a new vaccine mandate, it's not going to affect me. I'm not getting the vaccine. I'm not wearing a mask. I'm still going to get a paycheck every week. It's fine with me. And I think people who are still getting a paycheck every week, they lose sight of the fact that there's a small business owner out there right now. And they're looking at this thing called a profit loss sheet, and they can't afford 40 to 60% in losses. And once those numbers get bad enough, they're not like the federal government where they can just go to the money printing machine and press on. When those numbers get bad enough, the doors close and it's over. And that's what we're doing to people across this nation, across this nation. That's what we've been doing for almost two years from now, for almost two years now. And it's a disgrace and it's a disgrace. And I've got something else to say. As long as I'm going to say a bunch of unpopular things on tonight's show, I'm going to say something else. There are a lot of indications out there that Donald Trump is going to run for president again. Fine. As you know, I think he was a very good president. But I have a huge question, and I'm sorry, I need an answer. What's going to be different about the personnel decisions next time? Because whatever you think about Donald Trump's presidency, love him, hate him, I don't know, maybe we are in Trump pajamas as we speak, his personnel decisions were embarrassing. They weren't bad, they were embarrassing, including putting this little monster in charge of America.
2: But we can gather for Christmas or it's just too soon to tell?
0: You know, Margaret, we, it's just too soon to tell.
1: We've yeah. just got to concentrating on continuing to get those numbers down and not try yeah. to jump ahead by weeks or months and say what we're going to do at a particular time.
0: It's too soon to tell. I'll be gathering with my family at Christmas time. I hope you do the same. Again, how do you hand the country to that little monster? Look at what it's done to us, and I want you to remember something else. Dr. Fauci loves coronavirus. He loves it. It's the greatest thing that ever happened to him, his legacy, his career. Dr. Fauci doesn't want coronavirus to end. He has no incentive to have the panic and fear end. He doesn't. Every single incentive out there is for it to keep getting worse and worse and worse. Enjoy that TV time, doctor. Enjoy it. I know that probably made you uncomfortable too, but I'm right again. Now... Let's talk about dipping and smoking. And I understand how hard it is to quit. There, there, there's no story you could tell me about how hard it is to quit that I would disagree with you on because I dipped for so many years. And it just became, and this sounds terrible to people who've never done it, who've never dipped or smoked. It became part of my life. It was just something I did. Okay, when I finish a meal, I'm going to throw in a dip. Lots of times when I wake up in the morning, a cup of coffee, throw in a dip. Finish your workout, throw in a dip. I, I know that sounds disgusting and terrible to people who've never done it. Smoker, smokers will get what I'm talking about and dippers will too. Jake's Mint Chew does something for you. It allows you to maintain that part of your life. Only Jake's Mint Chew has no tobacco, no nicotine, no sugar. Jake's Mint Chew allows you to throw in that dip after your workout. Just, long, just as long as it's Jake's Mint Chew. Go to jakesmintchew.com right now. Get some. I would recommend their CBD pouches, by the way. I love those things. Jake'sMintChew.com. Use the promo code JESSE. Get you 10% off. We'll be right back with Catalina Lau.
1: When you tell people that there are alternatives, that if you do not want to get vaccinated, you're not going to work or you're not going to be able to go to school, I think that the emergent nature of what we're dealing with actually does justify that.
0: Okay. Joining me now to talk about that and other things, Catalina Lauf. she's the Republican running against that useless piece of trash, Adam Kinzinger, in Illinois. Catalina, um, what? (laughs) You can't work? You can't go to school? Catalina, we're the only country in the world that's masking little kids. What happened to Land of the Free?
2: Yeah, thanks so much for having me on, Jesse. We are heading into, I mean, this is full-blown tyranny. Uh, I see on the ground every day, I have nurses, firefighters, moms, dads, teachers, people of all different industries and backgrounds, corporate uh, Americans, the American worker, it doesn't matter who you are. Uh, the forced vaccine is completely infringing on individual liberties. And you're seeing a lot of people now waking up and using their voice and standing firm against this. This is draconian to the uh, complete level. It'll be a point where they want every single one of us uh, vaccinated, even if it is, even if you own your own small business, look at the what they imposed on businesses with over 100 employees. Uh, it is a scary time, and it is a telling time of where we're at in our, our history if we don't fight back on these forced vaccines.
0: Catalina, I'm glad you brought up the liberty portion of it. That's obviously the most important, but What's underrated is the economic impact of all this insanity. Everyone by now has seen all the cargo ships parked off our shores. New York has the vaccine mandi- mandate. Restaurants are down 50% on their profits. We have healthcare workers leaving, cops leaving, military guys leaving. This is going to crush this country. We can't afford a 10, 20, 30% reduction in economic activity.
2: No, we absolutely can't. And I'm glad that you mentioned the ports, especially when it comes to supply chain. The manufacturing industry are already seeing uh, hurts because of that, but also labor shortages. We're heading into inflation. Things are getting more expensive. Going to a restaurant is becoming more expensive. Uh, No matter what it is, you're gonna see an increase in prices because there aren't enough people. And then exactly like you mentioned, Jesse, you impose this and uh, you're gonna see layoffs, happening everywhere. You have healthcare workers, again, hospitals that can't be filled with nurses. Teachers are being laid off. You saw the bus driver shortage where some governors wanted to put the National Guard in to drive our kids to school. I mean, this is becoming an economic nightmare, exactly oh. what you said. But look at what they're doing. I mean, they're using this cultural war. Uh, and look, you should be free to choose whether or not you want the vaccine. But it shouldn't be mandated by the federal government. And ultimately, they are They're attacking our economic system, and this is a one-way path to destruction that is not looking pretty, and it will not look pretty if we end up going down this route full term.
0: Catalina, Supreme Court has a new slate of cases coming, and there's an abortion case in there. So I'm sure all the nutters are going to be out in full swing talking about how much they love to murder babies in this country. Uh, I find this to be a real sickness and a pockmark on our nation. I can't believe a civilized country has abortion like this, but we do.
2: It's so sad to see, and how far left, uh, in the name of progressivism, the Democrats will go. I mean, here in Illinois, uh, you have very alarming uh, bills that are trying to be passed. And it's really scary to see, even on a national level, uh, kind of how far they're willing to go to kill innocent lives. And it's disgusting to the fullest extent. I'm glad the Supreme Court is hearing these cases. But ultimately, again, it comes back to the culture war. Uh, they'll be out there protesting, saying that, uh, you know, the government shouldn't be involved in this decision when they're okay with, you know, babies of full term being aborted. I mean, this is sick, again, to the fullest extent. And I hope that we have groups and a lot more patriots out there that are going to really combat whatever these progressives are, the narrative that they're going to try to push nationally once these uh, the, this goes to the Supreme Court.
0: Catalina, what's it say about us that we even have to wait on a court to decide this? I, I, I think about that a lot. I, I, obviously, people like you, people like me, we're looking at the Supreme Court. We hope they, they, they rule the way we want. But why do we have to rely on nine judges to tell us it's not okay to carve up a baby like a Thanksgiving turkey in its mother's womb? That is, that is barbarian stuff here. And we just, we just accept it. How did we get here?
2: It is, it's blatant right versus wrong. And, uh, you know, I think eventually we have to seriously look at ourselves and the decisions that Americans have been making on what's right and what's wrong. Again, why should the Supreme Court be ruling on a lot of different cases that it's gotten to the point where uh, we've gotten so far away, again, from right versus wrong, what's barbaric and what's not. And and ultimately, you're going to see, again, a big culture war with this, a lot of protests. You'll see all the progressive feminists out there talking about choice and uh, exactly like those pictures d- depict when in reality, uh, the reality is really scary on, on the children's lives that are being lost and uh, the, the babies that are being tortured and killed. I mean, it's sick. So sick.
0: Catalina, switching gears here a little bit. The state of Democrat cities in this country, Breitbart has an article out saying 1,606 people were shot just from June to August, not in a war as, in Chicago. And this is the state of many cities in the United States of America. I'm not anti-city. I love cities. Now, I love the country too, but I love cities. And I hate that our cities have turned into war zones all under Democrat leadership, and for some reason this doesn't get covered the way it should.
2: No, I'll tell you a story, Jesse. You know, right down the street of where I used to live in the city of Chicago, was a it was a very quaint area, very nice area, and uh, with lots of restaurants, lots of tourism in that little block. In uh, just this past weekend, there were two shootings in broad daylight. Uh, a man was stabbed, and absolutely zero coverage about it. Uh, These are areas where some of the highest tourist tourism traffic, which again, with COVID shut down a lot of these restaurants and businesses. And then now you have growing crime rates in very high end areas, not just in the South and West side anymore, where they typically have been uh, with, you know, lower income uh, and lower economic opportunity. But now you have it in the heart of Chicago and our city is going to be seeing a record low number, again, of tourism. People are moving out in droves. The economic, uh, the economic are, are, are completely there, obviously, when you have businesses shutting down. But ultimately, uh, people don't feel safe anymore. And then you have, on top of that, high gun control measures. You know, you can't even uh, own an AR-15 in, in the city of Chicago. Some of the strictest gun laws. How are we supposed to protect ourselves? You know, Illinois was one of the last states that had concealed carry. Uh, And now you have people literally being shot in broad daylight, a poor kid that uh, got shot because he was in the crossfire of gang activity, a a regular American. This is unbelievable. He was coming home from the bars, gets shot.
0: Well, all right. One last thing. Joe Biden stepped up today, and obviously I'm not a fan, as you know, but stepped up today and did bring up the debt and catalina he 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 lied a lot cuz he's joe biden but he made a good point at one point in time he said hey republicans just added 8 trillion to the debt before i got here and catalina he's not wrong
2: he is not wrong, which is why uh, we're primarying all across the country here in 2022 during the midterm elections. We're primarying these rhinos who have forgotten what conservatism and principles are. Uh, you know, how did we go from in 2012 people like Paul Ryan talking about uh, cutting back uh, fiscal spending, cutting back Social Security, cutting back uh, kind of you know the whole structure in what has become this bloated government trimming the fat, to now trillion-dollar spending deals, trillion-dollar Green New Deals, thanks to the progressives. This is a socialist utopia for for the communists that are trying to take over our economic structure. And he's not wrong. The Republicans are just as much to blame for it, again, which is why we're priming them. We need to go back to fiscal conservatism. We need to go back to cutting spending. We're borrowing on our, our future children's future by, we don't even know what's in these bills half the time. It's American taxpayer funded. And again, ultimately, at the expense of the future of our country and the generations to come. Uh, So, yeah, he's not wrong, but we need to fight back.
0: Catalina, what's your website for i like to go?
2: Catalinaforcongress.com and Catalina Lauf on all social media platforms. Appreciate you. Thank you.
0: All right. We got light in the mood next, but first, well, first, the first. There's an app. There's the first TV app. You can watch The First live all day. You can watch The First on demand, your favorite shows like Wah all day long. Go download The First TV app, and maybe the best part about it, it's free. The only thing that's free left in this country. All right, lighten the mood. Next. I love streaking. Hold on. Let me me put that a different way. I don't personally go streaking. I don't recommend you go streaking. But when I see a streaker at a big football or baseball game, I have to be honest. I'm immature. I laugh. And I cheer him on. And I enjoy when they dodge security. But at the same time, maybe the best part of it is when the streaker finally gets stopped. This ref at the Boise State-Nevada game was having none of it. Oh! 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 oh. 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 And the ref with the takedown. I told you I was immature. I'll see you tomorrow.